Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host, Ryan Gable. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, airing five nights a week, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific. The most reliable way to listen, groundzero.radio, right after Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. Thank you for listening to The Secret Teachings tonight. Thank you for coming over to The Secret Teachings from Ground Zero. I appreciate it. 
Our website is www.thesecretteachings.info. You'll find my books and our free show archive on the website where you can listen and download the show. You can also search The Secret Teachings on any radio or podcast player or application. You should be able to find it. If you're listening on those players or applications, please leave us a review. And if you don't like listening to those annoying algorithmically placed advertisements, you can always subscribe to the archive on the website. And when you do that, you'll get access to all the shows without ads, the montages, digital copies of my books, and a private RSS feed that you can plug back into those apps or players, and it will allow you to get access to the ad-free version of the show. That's www.thesecretteachings.info. And if you'd like to reach out and contact me directly, I don't have a team of anybody that works with me here. R-D-G-A-B-L-E at yahoo.com. That's R-D-G-A-B-L-E at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook, TST underscore underscore radio and facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And last but not least, our affiliate sponsors, one of our big ones, Pro One Water Filters. There's a link to their website on our website. At the top of the page, you'll see the slider bar on the secretteachings.info. So a good weekend for me. I hope that you had a good weekend. I had a chance to go camping on Sunday. It's always nice to get away from the city. It's always nice to get away from computers and that type of technology. I had a couple of books with me, still reading the Dune series. I also found a copy of uh, David Icke's new book, one of his new books. I haven't read a David Icke book for years. I think I've read everything he's written except uh, the Triggered book he wrote and Renegade Minds. So I found a copy of Renegade Minds and I was reading through it. And it's a lot of the same stuff that I've placed in my books, like the Technological Elixir. It's a lot of the same stuff we've discussed on this show I think I've done this so long that I don't really learn a lot when I read David Icke books or books like this anymore. Uh, it's not because I'm smart. I've just I've read so much stuff over the years, and I do this so much. I, I live this that I, I learned um, uh, very little. But there are little, little tiny, teeny tiny pieces of of information that I pick up and things that are kind of refreshers. That's why I go back and I read books like this. And um, one of the refreshers was a quote from a Rockefeller Foundation document that, although I've referenced the document before, Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development, um, I, had, I don't remember reading this, at least this entire section of the document. I thought it was pretty interesting. Again, this is Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development. And um, I don't know exactly where to start. Maybe I should read this to you first, and then we'll go about dissecting what it means, and we'll kind of figure out where we're going to go with tonight's show. So here it is. This is page 1819. It's page 19 of 54 pages in the Rockefeller document. And this is a direct quote. It says, during the pandemic, national leaders around the world flexed their authority and imposed airtight rules and restrictions from the mandatory wearing of face masks to body temperature checks at the entries to communal spaces like train stations and supermarkets. Even after the pandemic faded, this more authoritarian control and oversight of citizens and their activities 
stuck, and even intensified. In order to protect themselves from the spread of increasingly global problems, from pandemics and transnational terrorism to environmental crisis and rising poverty, leaders around the world took a firmer grip on power. At first, the notion of a more controlled world gained wide acceptance and approval. Citizens willingly gave up some of their sovereignty and their privacy to more paternalistic states in exchange for greater safety and stability. Citizens were more tolerant and even eager for top-down direction and oversight, and national leaders had more latitude to impose order in the ways they saw fit. In developed countries, this heightened oversight took many forms. Biometric IDs for all citizens, for example, and tighter regulation of key industries whose ability was deemed vital to national interests. In many developed countries, enforced cooperation with a suite or a suit of new regulations and agreements slowly but steadily restored both order and, importantly, economic growth. Now, I've mentioned it before, and we discussed it with our guest on Friday night, Michael Strain from Troubled Minds Radio, how we have a couple of news articles which confirm this, how Bill Gates openly contacted members of U.S. Congress, of the U.S. Congress, and told them, you will vote, and you will vote yes, and you will pass the Inflation Reduction Act. We also have Bill Gates saying that he directed Donald Trump in relation to the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, I know it might sound like I just jumped from this Rockefeller Foundation document to Bill Gates, and I understand also, as a side note, Bill Gates is kind of like Mercury retrograde. You know, everything is good until Mercury, Mercury retrograde. And then when something goes bad, like, for example, you forget to pay your phone bill, that's Mercury retrograde, right? You forget to put gas in your car and you get up in the morning, you only have like a, a tiny fraction of a, of, a, of a quarter of a tank or something. That's Mercury retrograde. Forget to take your birth control pill, Mercury retrograde. Everything's Mercury retrograde, okay? So it's, Bill Gates is kind of like that. Everything's Bill Gates, you know? Something goes wrong in the world, it's Bill Gates. Um, not everything is Bill Gates, just so that we can be very clear about that. But Bloomberg is telling me, Bloomberg, Bloomberg News is telling me, Bill Gates was behind, as a billionaire, getting the Inflation Reduction Act passed, right? And uh, he was also directing Trump. Again, the guy has, of course, no medical degree. The guy has no background in any of these things. He's a really crappy software developer and uh, who ripped off his partners and uh, who has a family history of... Um, interest in eugenics. So kind of a suspicious borderline, if not totally, absolutely full-blown psychopath. So Bill Gates is involved in these kinds of things. He's also involved in funding the Centers for Disease Control, the World Health Organization, the United Nations. I mean, he funds a lot of these, a lot of these groups. Likewise, that Rockefeller document that I just read from it's called Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development. You know, this is the same Rockefeller Foundation that, one, has published articles 
in different newspapers around the world calling for depopulation of planet Earth. One of them is sponsored by the Rockefeller Foundation. I believe it's the Guardian or the Telegraph. I, I don't have it pulled up in front of me. I, I want to say it's the, the Telegraph. And the headline was something to the effect, if you want to look it up, empty the earth of half its humans. This is the same Rockefeller Foundation, which is the Rockefeller oil family, the same Rockefellers that set up various different international groups, think tanks and organizations, some with Zbigniew Brzezinski, things like the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, these groups that then merged or just basically changed their name and turned into the World Economic Forum. Groups that go back to the Royal Institute of International Affairs in the early 1900s, Cecil Rhodes, who robbed Africa of their diamonds. These are the big banking families. This is the black nobility of both Europe and the United States. These are very powerful, very wealthy people that don't believe that the rest of us should have a lot in life. And it's well documented. It's not something that's debatable. It's not something that's disputable. It's not something that I would even be willing to debate because all you have to do is find the quotations, the books, the articles that these people write. And it becomes very obvious very quickly that they don't like humans. They certainly don't like Americans. They don't like the American idea or experience or experiment. So they clearly have an alien mindset. It is a clear anti-human ideology, and they don't hide it, and they're not ashamed of it. And uh, Rockefeller and, and so many others have openly acknowledged, yes, we are involved in a conspiracy. Remember, Rockefeller wrote that. We're involved in the conspiracy to consolidate power and basically uh, create a global government. So, you know, you hear things like that sounds totally ludicrous. It just sounds like the rantings and ravings of a conspiracy theorist. They keep you, everybody always uses that word still, still using that word, those, those two words, I should say. But this is the Rockefeller Foundation scenarios for the future of technology and interna international development. And, and this is what it says. And the reason I brought up Bill Gates and transitioned to that and bring it around, bring it around full circle now is because it says, Due to all these issues in this document, it says due to, due to a pandemic, due to economic issues, due to transnational terrorism, governments acted, they acted slowly, but they acted to restore order and economic growth. Remember Melinda Gates had said that they didn't think through the economic consequences of lockdowns. Remember Dr. Fauci recently said, and we played this on the air Dr. Fauci recently said that lockdowns, sure, they've hurt people, but they are necessary, and we, we could have had more lockdowns. And he is, in another clip, in another interview, he's upset that people didn't adhere enough to his mandates. So trying to figure out if the Rockefeller document is a prediction or if it's a white paper plan, or if it's just a coincidence, here's a hint, probably not. It's really eerie that these people can write the future if it's not a prediction. 
And this is what makes, well, the Rockefellers or Bill Gates and others look so damn accurate. Because when you're financing and you're funding all of the various news outlets, universities, doctors, scientists, and you censor actively doctors and scientists and economists who might say things like, well, this isn't technically a vaccine or this is absolutely by definition a recession, and you censor them and block them and say, no, it is a vaccine. We never change the definition of that word. No, it is a recession. We never change the definition of that word. But clearly the definitions have been changed. You're dealing with what some people refer to as Orwellian language. You're dealing with newspeak. You're dealing with doublethink. In fact, you're not really supposed to think at all. You're not supposed to read any of this. It's published. It's there. It's available. It's mostly for academics and scholars and pseudo-intellectuals who consider themselves to be more important and more intelligent and more wise than the rest of us. So when they write their books and they write their white papers and and all this, they are sometimes, depending on you know how well-received their books or their papers are, they are well-received by, well, like what maybe David Icke calls the cult. It certainly is cult-like in ideology. And you know these are the kinds of things, when we look at this Rockefeller document, and this is just, I mean, we could do a, I could do 12 hours of, of radio just starting out here. Um, we look at these kinds of things, and I know a lot of people read this themselves and they get into the specifics of it, but a lot of people just share it and say, look, this document proves it, but it's 54 pages. Okay. You need to be a little more specific than that, especially for people that don't understand or don't believe or don't want to understand, don't want to believe you're not going to help yourself or anybody else. You're not going to help your cause by just sharing 54 page documents with people. You got to go in and find the root source. You got to go in and find what, where the really good information is. And, and here's some really good information for you. You know, if you, if you kind of pay attention to what the World Health Organization and the United Nations and others have said over the last couple of years, this is the World Health Organization Director General, Mr. Tedros. Tedros said this early on in the pandemic. This was like mid-2020. He said, the Chinese government is to be congratulated, is to be congratulated for their extraordinary measures it has taken to contain the outbreak. China is actually setting a new standard for outbreak response, and it's not an exaggeration. Now, if I go one sentence above the statement I read from the Rockefeller document, it says this, China's government was not the only one that took extreme measures to protect its citizens from risk and exposure. Now I go back and I read this, the Rockefeller Foundation scenario continues. Few countries did fare better, China in particular. The Chinese government's quick imposition and enforcement of mandatory quarantine for all citizens, as well as its instant and near hermetic sealing of all of its borders, saved millions of lives, stopping the spread of the virus far earlier than any other countries and enabling a swifter post-pandemic recovery. Remember they had that post-pandemic recovery, all the pictures of Wuhan, all the partying, and then that went away really quick. See, the pictures of people falling down sick, we didn't know what was going on at the time. That was all staged. That was all fake. 
Then the people of uh, the p- people out there partying, the pictures of people partying, that was all staged. That was all fake. Friend of mine knows a gal over in China, and well, she's here in the United States, but she knows some people over in China, some family, and she said it's locked down in China still. Do you ever notice that we only get out of China what China wants us to see? If they want us to see people falling down, dead on the street, they show us that. If they want us to see how well their party did locking citizens in their homes, they show us that they stopped the virus and here are pictures of people partying in Wuhan. Something changed, so those authoritarian draconian lockdowns must not have worked too well. And this is where the story takes yet another turn. You know, if you look at the history of China, maybe this is a a stale piece of information for you, but it's really important to get to that really good late night radio stuff. If you look at the history of China, China was decimated, absolutely decimated after the communist revolution, 1948, 1949, 1950. And throughout the 50s and the 60s with the great leap forward, which is very much like the great reset, wasting of resources, reorganizing society, resetting everything, giving the party total, complete control of everything, which again is also what this Rockefeller document demands that governments take control of the means of production, etc. So the history of China is communist revolution, total destruction, chaos, 45 million dead from starvation, another 20 million killed just to kill, just to be killed uh, because the people that were in charge were psychos. Uh, Great leap forward. And then you have the cultural revolution and then things kind of changed a little bit. And um, when the, the new leader of China took over, 1978 through 1989, Deng Xiaoping, he was assisted in his leadership by an individual named Zbigniew Brzezinski. And, you know, China has become, as a result of what Brzezinski initiated the Chinese elite into, it was this idea of using technology to control its citizens. China is today the poster child for technocracy. I mean, China has perfected everything from social credit scores to artificial intelligence, biometrics, you name it. And China, as you've heard myself and others say, for a variety of reasons... In this context, China really is the blueprint for the rest of the world. It was a testing ground to see what would happen if we were able to implement technological, technocratic, transhumanist ideologies into the basic fabric of government. So China is communist, sure, but it's, only, it's, it's also crony capitalist. China is a fascist, communist, corporate, governmental, technocratic state. And although they own things in China, the ultimate goal is, of course, to own nothing, to be happy about it. As the World Economic Forum wrote in Forbes magazine in 2016, welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. Now, 
let's take an esoteric angle to this. Remember I told you the queen dies at the end of 2022. You all know that. This is 2022. The queen just died recently. And I said it feels like with Prince Charles rising to the throne and Prince William having had that head injury as a kid and having been born on the summer solstice, the most high, it seems like Charles is probably going to place William on the throne before he dies. And this could happen by 2030. That's at least the theory in and around the royal family or the German family, the counterfeit British family, the counterfeit royal family. And remember, this family claims that they are of the Masonic bloodline. So this is a, a fake kingship, a fake princeship, if you will. And if you read the book of Revelation, it is the red dragon, i.e. Prince Charles, the flag of Wales, the coat of arms, that will give lead to Prince William eventually. And that's what it says in Revelation. It is the red dragon that gives power to the beast, right? So that puts us at 2030. We have seven years of tribulation. The UN just said recently we're experiencing hard times, another dark winter, as Biden said a few years ago. And we're going to experience that until 2030 until we can really cut the carbon back. That's what the UN just said. Seven years of tribulation. But in the, in the Bible, it says only 42 months, roughly. So that's three and a half years. And I think what they're doing is they're creating, they're manufacturing the revelation or revelatory idea so that when Jesus doesn't come back, we tend to lose our faith in these powers and we put more faith in technocrats that promise us by 2030 we'll have everything connected to the hive mind. It's not just CO2. It's not just the UN 17 goals for sustainable development. It's everything connected to the computer, everything connected to the hive, everything connected to each other, everything totally controlled. In essence, what the Chinese communists, what the Chinese crony capitalists, what the Chinese technocrats, the tr Chinese transhumanists have done. And remember, everything that was built in China was built by the same people that gave you this Rockefeller document. They built by the same people that gave you the Trilateral Commission, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Club of Rome to use disease and to use, well, climate change and other things as scenarios for reorganizing society. And then they changed the name of their groups and they call them the World Economic Forum because, as we know, they want a new economic world or a new world economic order. So when we put all this together, the, the, the main conspiracy, if you will, that goes with it is depopulation. How are you going to do that? Well, fertility regulating Vs and other things. And I'm going to tell you what those other things are when we come back. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. A lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. I hope that you'll check out my new book, Liberty Shrugged. I wrote Liberty Shrugged to provide historical context and to dispel many of the myths that we learn about in American history. Inside the nearly 700-page book, you'll learn about meritocracy, the differences between civil liberties and civil rights, and how Western civilization didn't start slavery, but ended it as an institution that had existed for thousands of years. How many of the founding fathers did indeed own slaves, but what was peculiar about this was that these men would fight to end the institution for a variety of reasons. 
We look at the real causes of the American Revolution and the American Civil War. We prove without a doubt that slavery was in no way, shape, or form the cause of current socioeconomic issues which affect all people regardless of their color. In other words, this book dispels countless divisive social, cultural, and historical myths in an attempt to objectively find humble gratefulness in the American experience. Get your copy of Liberty Shrugged at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. This is David Icke from davidike.com, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings, keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player, or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. So there are a lot of ways in which you can control reproduction. Number one, well, you don't have sex, right? Number two, you could take birth control pills. You could wear a condom. You could get a vasectomy. You could also, if you go back to, let's say, the 1980s and the 1990s, you could also just get a vaccine. Now, if you just hear me say that, you might think, well, what are you talking about? Vaccines and infertility? I've either never heard that. Or maybe you think, yeah, yeah, vaccines cause infertility. Why? Prove it. Well, if we go back to 1993, a paper was published by the WHO. That's the same WHO that praised China and their pandemic response, the same WHO, that in praising China's pandemic response, mirrored a Rockefeller Foundation document. That Rockefeller Foundation document, Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development. And here's what the World Health Organization said back in 1993. They held an event in 1992 in Geneva, Switzerland, in August mid-August of that year. The document was called Fertility Regulating Vaccines. Report of a meeting between women's health advocates and scientists 
to review the current status of the development of fertility regulating vaccines. Now, understand, this isn't me saying this. This is the World Health Organization. This is the UNDP. This is the UNFPA. This is the World Bank Special Program. This is uh, research development and research training in human reproduction from the World Bank. This is what they're saying. If you read the document, it says this. The short paper is an attempt to present the rationale for fertility regulating vaccines, or FRVs, in context of their potential impact in the family planning arena and in terms of the feasibility of their development and production. This novel approach to birth control is being considered in terms of the value that such vaccines might have for future users. The information is presented therefrom from the perspective of new technology developed and not in terms of family planning policy. It is well recognized that FRVs, like any other method of birth control, will be an attractive option to some users and an unattractive option to others for a variety of reasons. The objective in developing FRVs is not to produce replacements for existing birth control technologies, but to widen the choice of safe, effective, they were using those words back in the 90s, acceptable and affordable family planning methods. Of course, nobody wanted something called a fertility-regulating vaccine. And they have kept FRVs out of the public conversation. But this is, again, the World Health Organization, the World Bank, and others getting together in the 90s with women's health advocates to discuss fertility-regulating vaccines. Now, some of the first women's health advocates were people like Margaret Sanger, who established the Birth Control Society, i.e. Planned Parenthood. It's not a debatable thing that, obviously, Planned Parenthood was established as a birth control society, and the goal was eugenics. Call it whatever you want to call it, but that's what it was. It was eugenics. People involved in this eugenics process included Bill Gates, Bill Gates' father. The American Birth Control League changed its name, or the Birth Control Society changed its name to Planned Parenthood after World War II. It's around this time that Eugenics Quarterly, publication at the time, changed its name to Social Biology. Eugenics, Euthanasia, Mental Hygiene Societies, etc. in the United States and Britain were named Mental Health Association of Great Britain, National Association of Mental Health. In other words, what was admittedly a birth control society or birth control league became Planned Parenthood. Eugenics became social biology. Mental hygiene societies, which were eugenic societies, became mental health associations. In the United States, mental health became the World Federation of Mental Health. Now, you think about these name changes, We've changed the definition of vaccine, of pandemic, of economic terms even. So we're not in a recession because we changed the definition of it. The first head of the Population Council, founded by the Rockefellers in 1952, Frederick Osborne, who led the American Eugenic Society, 
said that eugenic goals are most likely to be achieved under another name than eugenics because most people don't agree with eugenics. Today, they are, of course, achieved under the guise of racial and gender equality, social justice, and public health, not to mention Malthusian ecofascism or the Green Movement, which was a term coined by Betsy Hartman, director of the Population and Development Program at Hampshire College. So we know, once again, going back to those fertility-regulating vaccines, that women's health was originally something that was based in eugenics. Now, we're not talking about specifically women's health, like gynecology or something like that. We're talking about using women as a separate entity, removing them from the household and from relationships and from partnerships, and making them a separate entity by which Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, wanted to sterilize them, particularly if they were black women. That's why if you go to the CDC's website, you will find that 38 to 40%, depending on the year, on average, are black women who receive abortions in the United States. That's almost 40% on average, 38 to 40%, every year of every single abortion is conducted on a black woman. And that's an enormous number. It's an even more enormous and astounding and alarming number when you consider that black women only comprise about 7% of the U.S. population. And when you think most of those 7% aren't pregnant all the time, so a small fraction of a small fraction of the U.S. population account for almost half of all abortions, Margaret Sanger, the eugenicist, is clearly, although she's dead, clearly from beyond the grave, seeing her work completed in the 21st century. Now, why exactly would I say that her work was the killing of black babies? Well, because that's what she said. Her goal was to eliminate, quote, reckless breeders human beings who never should have been born, human weeds. And she directed her comments at blacks, Jews, any minority group other than her group, white, wealthy women and men, immigrants, etc. This is not a debatable thing. This is not something that you could discuss and maybe come to a different conclusion. She openly wanted to exterminate Jews and blacks and any minorities, any immigrants. They're reckless breeders. They're human weeds, etc. Okay, that's what she said, not what I said. So, again, let's go back to the idea of a fertility-regulating vaccine. That doesn't catch on very well. People don't really want a fertility-regulating vaccine. So, We move on and we enter the 21st century and we are 20 years removed from the publication of that of that document for the fertility regulating vaccines. And what do we find today in 2022? Well, let's let's think about this. A 2022 just this year, just a few weeks ago, 
accepted and published study from Israel looking at sperm banks and looking at BNT162B2, which is the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, revealed, quote, sperm concentration decrease months post-BNT162B2 vaccination and later recovery, end quote. The study authors suggested that it was a, quote, systemic immune response, end quote, and not a, quote, direct effect on testicular cells, end quote, that resulted in the, quote, temporary concentration decline, end quote. We'll come back to that. They therefore stated that their, quote, findings should support vaccination programs, end quote, despite glossing over the fact with clever wording that a systemic immune response is directly affecting the body as a result of vaccination. So hold on a second. They say that when you get that vaccine from Pfizer-BioNTech, sperm concentrations decline. You would think that's a direct effect on testicular cells. They found a direct link, not an association. You get the vaccine, sperm concentrations plummet. But they say... This is temporary based on what we've seen, and that's based on the amount of time that they examined it, of course. And therefore, they say their findings should actually support vaccine programs, despite, of course, glossing over the fact that their clever wording, although it's not that clever, that a systemic immune response is not a direct effect of the vaccine when that's what their research showed. So what does that mean? Is that just, is that like incompetence? I, I don't think that's incompetence. Is that like, I mean, it's, it seems like insanity to you, you literally. So it's like, it's like this. It's like finding uh, the solution to a math problem. Let's say you got two plus two equals four, right? And the scientists say, we found that two plus two equals four. But that doesn't mean that it can't equal five. So we found that these vaccines, or at least the ones from Pfizer-BioNTech, to be specific, definitely cause sperm concentration decreases. But this is a systemic immune response, and it's not temporary, and it's not an effect of the vaccines. But it's only not temporary because you only looked at it for a certain period of time. And you can call it a systemic immune response, but it is your body responding to the thing you just put into it. So it it is a drop in concentration of sperm. This is not a debatable thing. This is what the study says, but they found two plus two equals four, but they're telling you it could still equal five. Now that's Israel. These are scientists, not very good ones. And they know that if they were to say that the vaccines definitely caused the sperm concentration decrease, it wasn't just a systemic immune response, that paper would be pulled and they would probably lose their funding. That's how big the big pharmaceutical industrial complex is, especially in places like Israel. Now, that's big pharma. What about the average citizen? They've gotten the average citizen to think the exact same thing. This video is going viral again. May 2021, actress Jennifer Gibson, a Canadian actress, 
documented that after she received the AstraZeneca shot, she became paralyzed in part of her face. This is not disputable that she developed as a result of the AstraZeneca jab, Bell's palsy. It's not a disputable thing. But what she says is so closely related to what these Israeli scientists said. She's either scared of the consequences or she actually believes this. Take a listen to this. It's actually quite sad. And I mean, I don't even want to look at this woman's face, not because she's paralyzed, but because like I feel I sincerely feel sorry for the woman. She is. I mean, she doesn't have makeup and she's not all dressed up, so she doesn't look like she normally does in her headshots. But she looks she clearly has paralysis in her face but it's so sad because of what she says listen listen to this oh this is not a video i want to make um and it's kind of hard to make because as i'm watching myself i see um what i'm gonna say which is i have been diagnosed with bell's palsy which is paralysis on one side of the face for me it's uh this side here the, the left obviously um, so I got it about two weeks after getting my vaccine and I had a rough go with the vaccine. Um, and I guess still am, but I have to say that I would do it again because it's what we have to do to see people. So, um, I don't know why I'm making this video, but here's my word smile. All right. Did you process that yet? Probably most of you processed it pretty quickly. Listen to that last part just one more time. She's got Bell's palsy. It's confirmed. She's got Bell's palsy. It's confirmed. It was because of the AstraZeneca shot. But, um, and I guess still am, but I have to say that I would do it again because it's what we have to do to see people. So. It's what we have to do to see people. So I have to paralyze myself because this is the only way that I can see my family or my friends again. I am willing to paralyze myself because this is what we have to do to get back to normal. Can you believe that human beings that otherwise we would say they're probably in their right mind They're probably successful people that are able to tie their shoes, wipe their butts, cook their own food. But they have been conditioned to believe that even if they're not sick, they could get sick from an invisible force. So they should put something in their body that is visibly going to harm them. And then once they develop Bell's palsy or this long list of other side effects or direct effects, of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. I've got a copy right here. This is what the FDA and Pfizer wanted to conceal until like the year 2075 or something, but a federal judge said they had to release it. And it's just list after list after list after list of side effects, list of adverse events or of special interest. Appendix 1, BNT162B2, that's the Pfizer. And knowing that this could potentially hurt you or that it will likely hurt you and that you will likely get sick, even though you weren't sick before, you would still do it again 
she says, because this is what we have to do to see people. I mean, usually I'm more upset about these types of things, but I sincerely feel sorry for this woman. I sincerely feel sorry for all the other people, men and women, actress or not, celebrity or not, that gets injured from the vaccine. It's not disputed. And in order for them to tell their story, if she just got on video and said, I got the vaccine, I got Bell's palsy, don't get the vaccine, you probably wouldn't find that video. A few fringe websites might have published it, but you probably won't be able to find it very easily. So she has to say in the video, I would still get it. I would recommend it because if you don't get it, well, then we're not going to be able to see our friends and family. So it's almost like Stockholm syndrome. Not only identifying with our captors, we're asking them, please, I would like to be abused again. I would like to be handcuffed. I would like to be starved. I would like to be beaten. I would like to be raped. I would like to be tortured because that's the only way that you might possibly let me go. Please just let us go back to normal. I know that I'm not sick. I'll take the vaccine. I know that I'm not sick from an invisible particle, but I'll take the very visible vaccine, which causes very visible side effects and symptoms and adverse reactions and direct effects. Give me the vaccine. I'll take it. I'll get Bell's palsy, but then I'll make sure that everybody knows that they should also get it. They should also develop paralysis in their face or one of this long list of of uh, potential uh, adverse reactions, because that's the only way we're going to be able to see our family again. Vaccine. And I had a rough go with the vaccine. Um, and I guess still am. But I have to say that I would do it again because... It's what we have to do to see people. So um, I don't know why I'm making this video, but. Can you believe that this is human civilization? You have friends down the road, family down the road, and you have jackbooted Gestapo, brown shirt, black shirt, communist thugs that tell you, you can't see your family, your friends, unless you take this shot. But I'm not sick, but it'll prevent you from getting sick. But I could get even more sick from taking it than if I had gotten this invisible particle. Doesn't matter. You have to take it. And then you take it and you and you get paralysis in your face. This woman's face is is effed for the rest of her life, probably. Just so she you can see your friends and family. Oh, and, but but that's not it. Then you're gonna need to get booster shots. It'll just keep going and going and going. Here's some inter- in- interesting research that this woman probably should have taken a look at, but we're told not to do our own research. This is a study from Iceland. And it shows that if you get the vaccine, the more vaccine you have, the more likely it is that you will get sick. Rate of SARS-CoV-2 reinfection during an Omicron wave in Iceland. The more people that get the vaccine, the more people that get sick. So let me get it straight. Let me try to get it straight. You're not sick. You're healthy. So take this shot that will likely make you sick. And in fact, according to the research, will make you more likely to get sick. But you're not getting sick from the particle. You're getting sick from the particles that are very visible that are being put into your body. 
And then you can pick from this long list of adverse reactions. It's just like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight plus pages of side effects. And you could get any of them, just like uh, Justin Bieber. He had facial paralysis. There's another big celebrity. But everybody would do it again, because if they don't say they do it again, they end up censored. They end up losing what what is left of their career now. I mean, this woman was an actress. She'll probably never act again. Unless maybe she acts in a PA to tell people to avoid the vaccine. So let's think back to that fertility regulating vaccine for a minute. If you don't experience the sperm reduction as a man, then what about women who are getting the vaccine and having similar types of problems in terms of reproductive organs. What about all the women that said they were having menstrual irregularities? Remember that? And we were told that's totally made up, totally fictitious, total conspiracy theory. And then Dr. Fauci went on TV and said this. Um, Menstruating cycles and how that is affected by vaccines. Yeah, though, well, the menstrual thing uh, is, is something that seems to be quite transient and, and temporary. That's the point. That's one of the points. We need to study it more. So we need to study it more, he says. Isn't transient and temporary, that's the same language used by those Israeli scientists. When they said that sperm concentrations are decreased when you get the BNT Pfizer BioNTech shot, but they said it's just a systemic immune response. It's not actually reducing your sperm count, although that's what their scientific research showed. But they said it was a temporary concentration decline. Why is it temporary? Well, it's because they only examined it for a certain period of time. And then after that period of time, they looked away from their sample cases. Same thing with wait 15 minutes after vaccine, but you could have a reaction a week later. Doesn't count. So they're using the same type of terminology. There are no issues there's no issues with sperm. There's no issues with menstruation. But then when the issues become so overwhelming, Dr. Fauci says, yeah, there are problems, but we got to study them more. And they're just temporary problems. But before we were told there weren't any problems. This Israeli study, their sperm concentration decreases. We were told that that's not possible. Well, it turns out that it is quite possible. Remember Dr. Wolfgang Wodarg and Dr. Michael Yeadon, former Pfizer executive, in December 2020, they put out a European Medicines Agency alert, or they sent this alert to the European Medicines Agency. It was a petition, and they said that vaccines were, weren't safe. And they wrote in it, in regard to the SARS virus and uh, the antibodies and the spike proteins, they said, if this were to be the case, this would then also prevent the formation of a placenta, which would, it would result in vaccinated women essentially becoming infertile. So we saw the fertility regulating vaccines. I've read one example, a study from Israel about sperm concentrations lowering. We've seen the adverse events, the paralysis from Justin Bieber to this Canadian actress in order to maintain their societal status and their social media status they have to say hallelujah again and i'm not making fun of the woman it's 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 like i want to cry that's how sad it is 
more even more so because she's like I would do it again even though they 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 messed up my faith I would still do it that's Stockholm syndrome that's mass psychosis but we already knew from the 1990s we already knew from early um was it early 2021 late 2020 most people saw this in 2021 when uh, the scientist former Pfizer executive said if you take these vaccines what's going to happen is it's probably going to create a reproductive problem and prevent formation of a placenta. But then the, the, these freaking companies say, no, it won't affect the fetus. And it's true, it won't affect the fetus. It'll affect the placenta, though, just like Eden said. We're going to look more into this, as well as the NIH acknowledging, yes, there are menstrual problems with the vaccines. Brand new story, the NIH reporting on this. They also reported on it back in January. And now we have a new report. Study confirms link between COVID-19 vaccination and temporary increase in menstrual cycle length. It's all temporary. It's not, it's not something that's going to happen, but then it does. And it's all temporary. And then it becomes normal. And then get it anyway, because that's the only way we can see our friends. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Stay with us. listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. So it's taken months, but my new book, Liberty Shrugged, is finally available. Nearly 700 pages with archived images. It will leave you fascinated and wanting more. See, hatred for America and the Constitution is based on misconceptions of history and the rule of law. Charges of racism, sexism, and bigotry don't hold up to history and context. They stem from nullifiers who wanted to replace the Constitution and maintain hierarchy, as with the Confederate Constitution, which aimed to preserve the institution of slavery. But racism was not the foundation of that institution. It was a final justification to defend an institution which had existed forever and for which Western civilization and colonialism was actually taking steps to end. Africans and Arabs organized slave trading far exceeding anything in the Atlantic, and some continue to this day. Also, a woman's role in household duties was as systemic as a man's role in the legislature or on the battlefield. Indian tribes, when they weren't at war with one another, were choosing sides with the Europeans. See, we can't address history from the air-conditioned seats of a progressive university and pass judgments on men, women, and events that we know nothing about. My book, Liberty Shrugged, attempts to dispel countless historical, cultural, and social myths in order to find an objective understanding of history, the present, and the future. It's Liberty Shrugged at www.thesecretteachings.info. I hope you'll get a copy today for yourself, for your friends, for your family. I think you'll really enjoy it. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio. Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. 
This is Kev Baker of the Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Thanks, Ryan. This is David Knight with thedavidknightshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. The Secret Teachings airing five nights a week, Monday through Friday. Ground Zero dot radio, the Aftermath FM app, right after Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. For first-time listeners, thank you for coming over to The Secret Teachings and sticking with us. Hour number two the music tonight, White Bat Audio. I like to look at patterns. And when I find patterns that are non-coincidental, I like to share them with you as an audience, especially when they pertain to very important things and very topical things that could help you to better understand. Not that I can give you every single piece of information, but can help you understand a little bit better some of the inconsistencies and the confusion that is created by the mainstream medical establishment, mainstream media, etc. One of those pieces of information I can provide you with comes in the form of scientific studies. I can also find news clips or important clips, audio clips, videos of things and put them together on the show so that you can have everything in one place Even if you don't know exactly the timestamp, at least you have the whole show. Go back and listen. You've got the audio clips, the videos that are played, and you've got me referencing various studies. For example, I brought this up earlier tonight. Fertility regulating vaccines. Fertility regulating vaccines were something that was being discussed by the World Health Organization back in 1992-1993. They suggested with the World Bank, the UNDP, the UNFPA, and a group of women's health advocates, quotation, quotation, that the goal was to create an alternative form of birth control. And they called them fertility-regulating vaccines. That is directly from the 1992-1993 document from the World Health Organization and the World Bank. Then we fast forward to 2020, 2021, 2022. A petition was published by a former Pfizer executive and it was sent to the European Medicines Agency. Dr. Wolfgang Wodarg and the Pfizer executive former Dr. Michael Yeadon 
talked about the vaccination for COVID-19. If you have their petition, it's in section XI. They said there's no indication whether antibodies against spike protein of SARS viruses would also act like anti-Syncton-1 antibodies. However, if this were the case, this would then also prevent the formation of a placenta, which would result in vaccinated women essentially becoming infertile. Now, not all vaccines, just the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Recall a recent study from earlier this year out of Israel, where they found that when you receive the BNT162B2, that's the same vaccine that Yedin and Wodarg were looking at from Pfizer-BioNTech, it causes, once you receive it, Sperm concentration decreases. That's a quote. Now, for whatever reason, the authors were scared or maybe they actually believed the propaganda. They said that when you get the shot and it lowers sperm concentrations, it's a direct result. There's no middle uh, ground for debate here. It's a direct result of the shot of BNT162B2 to be specific. They say... No, 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 no. It's not actually the vaccine. This is a temporary concentration decline as a result of a systemic immune response. So they said their findings, quote, should support vaccination programs, even though they just told us that that particular vaccine will cause sperm concentrations to decline, but still get it anyway. It's very similar to this Canadian actress, this video is going viral again, who said that she received the vaccine. That's not disputed. She developed uh, Bell's palsy, paralysis of the face, partially as a result. But you should do it again, and she would do it again, and you should get your vaccines. Oh, this is not a video I want to make. Um, And it's kind of hard to make because as I'm watching myself, I see um, what I'm going to say, which is I have been diagnosed with Bell's palsy, which is paralysis on one side of the face. For me, it's uh, this side here, the left, obviously. Um, So I got it about two weeks after getting my vaccine. And I had a rough go with the vaccine. Um, And I guess still am. But I have to say that I would do it again because it's what we have to do. This is Jennifer Gibson. It's what we have to do. Just get it. It's what you have to do. Says who? Who says you have to do it? Trudeau? She's a Canadian actress. Trudeau said you had to do it? Who said you had to do it? Did they make it a condition of commerce and employment and seeing your friends and family? even though that's what happens to some people when they get it. Did you see Justin Bieber's face? So this is what we know for sure. In 1993, 1992, there was discussion and there was work being done on a fertility-regulating vaccine. We know that earlier this year, scientists in Israel have shown that if you receive the BNT162B2 vaccine from Pfizer-BioNTech, it will lower your sperm counts. They say it's temporary. 
We know that Michael Yeadon, former Pfizer executive, warned that if this vaccine does what he thinks it's going to do, he said in a petition to the European Medicines Agency, if this were to be the case, this would then also prevent the formation of a placenta, which would result in vaccinated women essentially becoming infertile. We also know that a lot of women were having problems with menstruation. Now, a lot of things can cause menstruation delays or menstruation lengthening, stress, anxiety, diet, etc. But these were just first-hand or second-hand stories until a few news articles picked them up and they were disputed by the scientific elite. And then suddenly it became so widespread that nobody could deny it anymore, not even Dr. Anthony Fauci. Um, menstruating cycles and how that is affected by vaccines. Yeah, though, well, the menstrual thing uh, is, is something that seems to be quite transient and, and temporary. That's the point. That's one of the points. We need to study it more. Well, maybe you should have studied it before you released it, unless the population is the group that is being studied in the end. So he says it's temporary, just like these Israeli scientists said about the sperm. It's temporary. But prior to that, we were told there couldn't be sperm problems. There couldn't be menstruation problems. I want you to pay really close attention to this. So Dr. Yeadon and Dr. Wodarg in this petition said that it could prevent the formation of a placenta. Okay, The fact sheet for the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine documented this. It said, available data on Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine administered to pregnant women are insufficient to, tr- uh, to inform vaccine-associated risks in pregnancy. But they gave them to pregnant women and said the available data is insufficient to inform vaccine-associated risks. Keep that in mind. Another paper from the UK document REG174 information for UK healthcare professionals described the data or lack thereof relating to fertility, pregnancy, and lactation. And section 4.6 of that paper says this, there are no limited or there are no or limited amount of data from the use of COVID-19, excuse me, mRNA vaccine. There are no or limited amount of data from the use of COVID-19 mRNA vaccine BNT162B2. Animal reproduction toxicity studies have not been completed. COVID-19 mRNA vaccine BNT162B2 is not recommended during pregnancy. Now, why are they not recommending it? Well, because they haven't done the animal reproductive toxicity studies and they haven't done the human studies or trials either. And Fauci just confirmed that. He said, we need to study this more. The document goes on. For women of childbearing age, pregnancy should be excluded before vaccination. In addition, women of childbearing age should be advised to avoid pregnancy for at least two months after their second dose. Why? I thought they had no data. Well, it turns out that it can affect your fertility. It can affect reproduction. For men, it lowers your sperm count. For women... The vaccine, if you get pregnant, will attack the placenta. Then you read Pfizer-BioNTech and they tell you things like, well, it has no effect on the fetus. 
And it's an aha moment. Aha. My son used to do that when he would, he'd find like a snack or something in the cupboard. He'd be like, aha. And he'd get the bag out or whatever it was. This is the aha moment. Aha. It doesn't affect the fetus. Well, there's still that thing called the placenta. And if you don't have that, then you don't have a fetus. Which, as Yeadon and Wodarg said, would render most women infertile. Do you see how that works? Of course, the New England Journal of Medicine even documented an overwhelming number of spontaneous abortions in early pregnancy for those receiving the mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. Headline, preliminary findings of mRNA COVID-19 vaccine safety in pregnant persons. Oh, they're persons, of course. The study looked at almost 4,000 participants enrolled in the V-Safe Pregnancy Registry. That's a program where post-vaccine check-ins are conducted. Of those enrolled, 827 had a complete pregnancy. The study then concludes that of the women, this is a quote, 115 or 13.9% resulted in pregnancy loss. 721, 86.1% resulted in a live birth. In addition uh, to this document, in addition to this information, uh, noted in parentheses after the latter statement on live births, specifying that these births took place mostly among participants with vaccination in the third trimester. In other words, the study concludes this, uh, this statement with this statement. Preliminary findings did not show obvious safety signals among pregnant persons who received mRNA COVID-19 vaccinations. Now, whether the authors are willingly or unknowingly negligent of their own data, just like the sperm scientists, or they're totally incompetent, is really up for discussion. It's up for debate. But one must merely read the full study to isolate what has been omitted or neglected to the detriment of the study's conclusion. If you look at Table 4 in this study, several notations are underneath Table 4, providing a much different conclusion. So it's in their own study, they just don't write the conclusion fully, so when you skip to the conclusion and read the headline and read the abstract, you're not getting all the data. You have to read the whole study. Here's what the study shows. The table, Pregnancy Loss and Neonatal Outcomes in Published Studies and V-Safe Pregnancy Registry Participants. Below the table is a notation on pregnancy losses, which are based on 827 participants in the V-Safe Pregnancy Registry who received their experimental medical treatment and still reported a complete pregnancy. Here's what the notation says. Data on pregnancy loss are based on 827 participants in the V-Safe Pregnancy Registry who received an mRNA COVID-19 vaccine, and they list the BNT162B2 or the mRNA1273 from Moderna. From December 14, 2020 to February 28, 2021, and who reported a complete pregnancy. This is what they're documenting. A total of 700 participants received their first eligible dose in the third trimester. Data on neonatal outcomes are based on 724 live-born infants, including 12 sets of multiples. The third notation to this section adds a total of 96 of 104 spontaneous abortions occurred before 13 weeks of gestation. The conclusion is basically this. 827 participants, 700 received their vaccines in the third trimester. 
That leaves 127 women who received their vaccines in the first or second trimester. Within the group of 127 women, nearly every spontaneous abortion was recorded, over 90%. So they broke down the numbers and concluded without all the data that there's no effects. But they separated where you had all the abortions, the spontaneous abortions in the 127 person, pregnant person group. The other 700 women were fine if they were in third trimester. But before third trimester, the vaccine aborted 90 plus percent of the babies. And it goes on. In a CDC study, November 26, 2021, risk of stillborn among women with, a, with and without COVID-19 at delivery hospitalization documented that the Delta variant caused stillbirth, not the vaccine. Another study from Asuta Ashdod University Hospital mentioned by the Jerusalem Post four days later after publication suggested that COVID-19 can enter the placenta and cause stillbirth. Have you ever heard of a virus entering into a placenta and terminating a pregnancy? That sounds like something's been bioengineered by God or man. So think about that for a second. Fertility regulating vaccines in the 90s. Then you have sperm counts reduced with the vaccine. But the scientists from Israel say it's temporary and it's not the vaccine. It's the body's response to the vaccine. That means it's the vaccine. But they still recommend the vaccine because they know that they'll lose their funding or their jobs or perhaps their lives if they don't recommend it, despite what their evidence has shown. The New England Journal of Medicine showed that 92.3% of spontaneous abortions occurred before 13 weeks of gestation. So if the baby is still forming, not in the third trimester, the BNT vaccine from Pfizer-BioNTech terminates the pregnancy across the board, almost 100%. That's, that's an almost 100% effective bioweapon because that's what this mRNA vaccine is. It's a biological weapon that you have been tricked into receiving, thinking, oh, the virus is out there. The virus isn't out there making you sick, okay? Oh, the virus came from a lab. Probably not. If anything, what was being engineered in that lab was this vaccine. So they scare you into receiving the real biological weapon. Dr. Yidon, Dr. Wodark warned the vaccine would destroy the placenta. And nobody said anything about placentas and viruses until 2021 when it became obvious that a lot of women who got a vaccine were losing their pregnancies. A lot of women were unable to get pregnant even though they had no fertility issues in the past. So the CDC said, we're going to investigate that. And they found Oh, no, the Delta variant is causing the stillbirth. And a study from the Asuta Ashdod University found that COVID-19 enters the placenta strategically and it rips that baby apart and it kills that placenta. It terminates that pregnancy. COVID-19 is so dangerous, it goes in and kills the placenta. How does it know and why does it know and why would it know to target a placenta? That's biological engineering, folks. And they admit the placenta is being destroyed and the pregnancies are being terminated. They said 
There's no sperm issues. There's no menstrual issues. There's no pregnancy issues. There's no fetal issues. But there might be placenta issues, and that's, be, that's really because of the, the virus itself. This is a sick, disgusting game, and it makes me want to puke. And watching that woman suffer through Bell's palsy, it makes me sick. And I barely can look at her, not because of her paralysis, but because the woman has been tricked. The woman has had her face deformed because of experiments being conducted on the general public by psychopaths in big pharma, big corporations, and big billionaire philanthropists with a huge background in eugenics and population control. And I'm supposed to sit here and think it's all coincidental. I mean, I, I was telling people a year ago, two years ago, this is what's going to happen because I read Yidan's and Wodarg's petition. I read the insert for the damn vaccine. I read the New England Journal of Medicine. And I kept telling people, this is what it is. Here's the evidence for it. It's not just a wild claim. No, that's not true. No, that's not true. And then Fauci says, yeah, there's some menstrual problems. Well, it turns out, you might not have seen this earlier this year. January 6, 2022, the NIH, that's Fauci's organization. The NIH released this is a press release, COVID-19 vaccination associated with a small, temporary increase in menstrual cycle length. This is an NIH-funded study. Women receiving one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine during a single menstrual cycle had an increase in cycle length of nearly one day compared to unvaccinated women, according to a study funded by the National Institutes of Health. The increase in cycle length a longer time between bleeding was not associated with any change in the number of days of menses, days of bleeding. The study appears in obstetrics and gynecology, so or gynecology. So a longer time between bleeding, but it doesn't necessarily extend the days of bleeding. So we just see how incremental it is. There's no sperm issues. There's no menstrual issues. There's no placenta issues. Okay, now that there's sperm issues, it's temporary and it doesn't last a long time. And it's not because of the vaccine. It's from a systemic immune response. Okay, there are menstrual issues, but it only extends the bleeding uh, times, uh, the time between bleeding. It doesn't extend the days of bleeding. Okay, there are placenta issues. Women are having almost 100% in the studies. Their births terminated. But or their babies terminated. But, you know, I mean, uh, what it really is, is the virus getting into into the placenta and terminating the pregnancy. It's not the vaccine. So we incrementally work our way up to this September 27th, just a few days ago. And they dropped this last week. Who saw it? Everybody was focused on the pipeline. Everybody was focused on what was going on in the rest of the world with politics and Ukraine and Russia and gas prices. We didn't pay attention to this. This is also a large NIH-funded study. So the other one was a partial NIH-funded study. This one is a large NIH-funded study. This is directly from the NIH website. I love when people tell me, that's wrong, you made that up. Well, I'm reading it from the NIH website, so I don't know what you want me to do. Study confirms link between COVID-19 vaccination and temporary increase in menstrual cycle length. Okay, hold on a second. It was a long time a longer time a day between bleeding, no evidence of an increase in the days of bleeding. A few months later, that was in January, the NIH. This is September, NIH. A large international study has confirmed the findings of a previous U.S. study that linked COVID-19 vaccines with an average increase in menstrual cycle length 
of less than one day. Now, the increase was not associated with any change in the number of days of menses, but if you actually go and read the study, it says this. A total of 19,622 individuals participated. That's quite a bit. 14,936 were vaccinated. 4,686 were not. The researchers analyzed data on at least three consecutive cycles before vaccine and at least one cycle after. Data from at least four consecutive cycles were analyzed over a similar time interval for unvaccinated participants. On average, a vaccinated, a vaccinated person, vaccinated people, experienced an increase of less than one day in each cycle in which they were vaccinated. 0.71 increase, so almost a full day, three quarters of a day, increase after the first dose and 0.56 day after the second dose. So if you receive both doses in a single cycle, you had a 3.91 day increase in cycle length. This is the same exact piece of paper. It's from the NIH and an international study. And it says the increase was not associated with any changes in the number of days of menses. Participants who received both doses in a single cycle had a 3.91 day increase in cycle length. Are they playing with words here? Are they talking about, in terms of cycle length, the time between bleeding? Or are they talking about the number of days that you actually are bleeding? This is from the NIH. And the authors are calling for future studies to look at vaccines and changes to menstrual cycles, vaginal bleeding, menstrual flow, etc., including pain. They want to know why the changes are occurring. Go ask Dr. Yeadon. He'll know. Because the vaccine is attacking the reproductive system of the women. Whether it's the length of time that you bleed, whether it's the pain, whether it's the time in between bleeding, regardless of what it is, 3.91 day increase in cycle length. So you're going to be missing your period for 3.91 days. You also could be bleeding for longer But regardless if you're bleeding for longer or if you're missing your period by a half day, a full day, three days, four days, the NIH is acknowledging it is because of the vaccine that you're missing or you're increasing the length of your cycle. What is happening here? It goes back to those fertility regulating vaccines. It's attacking the placenta. It's attacking the reproductive system of a woman. It's attacking the sperm. It's attacking the reproductive systems of men and women because it's a reproductive inhibitor. It's a biological agent that is meant to make sterile and infertile a large percentage of the people that receive it, men and women. It is not disputable. It is not debatable. It is a fact. And the people pushing this are the same ones that pushed the birth control society and Planned Parenthood. They're eugenicists. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm not a eugenicist. I feel sorry for this woman and all the other people that develop paralysis, but all this information at our fingertips, that should never have happened. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Stay with us. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. 
So it's taken months, but my new book, Liberty Shrugged, is finally available. Nearly 700 pages with archived images, it will leave you fascinated and wanting more. See, hatred for America and the Constitution is based on misconceptions of history and the rule of law. Charges of racism, sexism, and bigotry don't hold up to history in context. They stem from nullifiers who wanted to replace the Constitution and maintain hierarchy, as with the Confederate Constitution, which aimed to preserve the institution of slavery. But racism was not the foundation of that institution. It was a final justification to defend an institution which had existed forever and for which Western civilization and colonialism was actually taking steps to end. Africans and Arabs organized slave trading far exceeding anything in the Atlantic, and some continue to this day. Also, a woman's role in household duties was as systemic as a man's role in the legislature or on the battlefield. Indian tribes, when they weren't at war with one another, were choosing sides with the Europeans. See, we can't address history from the air-conditioned seats of a progressive university and pass judgments on men, women, and events that we know nothing about. My book, Liberty Shrugged, attempts to dispel countless historical, cultural, and social myths in order to find an objective understanding of history, the present, and the future. It's Liberty Shrugged at www.thesecretteachings.info. I hope you'll get a copy today for yourself, for your friends, for your family. I think you'll really enjoy it. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio. Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Thanks, Ryan. This is David Knight with thedavidknightshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. You are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. I'm going to give you information on all of these papers and studies and reports. It's all mixed together with tonight's show, but I'm going to give you all of this again before the end of the night's show because I want you to have it at your fingertips to share with your friends or family to show people. And of course, you know, nobody was questioning the last two years whether, you know, a vaccine could cause issues with a placenta or cause stillbirth. And then when it started to happen, we said it can't be the vaccine. It has to be the virus. And that's what the CDC said. The CDC said that stillbirths are now being caused by COVID-19. A study from Asuta Ashtad University Hospital in Jerusalem, uh, or the Jerusalem Post published this, Ashtad University Hospital, said, uh, yeah, the vaccine, uh, it does, uh, does nothing, but the virus now, the virus targets the placenta, which is what Dr. Yedin of Pfizer had said it is going to attack the placenta. 
and it is going to terminate the placenta, i.e. it's going to terminate the birth. And Israeli scientists have shown us that the sperm concentration of a male is decreased as a result of receiving a vaccine, and that about 90% of women that receive their vaccines before the third trimester experience, quote, spontaneous abortions. And we were told that there were no menstrual cycle issues. This was all in crazy women and their heads. But it turns out there are issues. The NIH concluded this back in January. And then another article from the NIH recently, just a few days ago on September 27th, COVID-19 vaccination increases menstrual cycle length. 3.91 day increase in cycle length. This can also increase... The, day, uh, the days in which you are bleeding. But don't worry. According to gynecologists, Dr. Jill Weiss, if you do not want to get pregnant, a monthly period is not necessary. It's part of an urban legend that a monthly period is part of good health. So you could just take drugs, and the drugs can stop your period because Dr. Weiss says, I mean, what if you're going on a trip or a vacation? You don't want to have to deal with that period now, do you? I mean, that's like telling a man, like, you know, you're going to go for a run. You can play some basketball. You don't want your, your, your penis bouncing around. You could wear a jock strap, or we could just cut it off. I mean, here's another study that you might want to know about. I've got a copy of it right here. This is the New England Journal of Medicine, which apparently doesn't have any prestige anymore because every time they publish something like masks don't work, Masks are merely a talisman. They actually said that in 2020. If they publish this study about pregnancies and spontaneous abortion, well, that's just one study. And then they published this. New England Journal of Medicine effects of vaccination and previous infection on Omicron infections in children. A new study published in the New England Journal of Medicine shows not that the, uh, the Pfizer vaccine, the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine, uh, basically isn't just ineffective, it creates negative immune response. So it actually is more likely that you will get sick if you get the vaccine, which is confirmed by a recent Icelandic study, rate of SARS-CoV-2 reinfection during an Omicron wave in Iceland. The more vaccine you get, the more you're going to get sick. Now, the study is a large observational study, a large observational report that looked at 887,193 children aged 5 to 11 years in North Carolina. 30.8% received one dose of Pfizer vaccine between November 1st, 2021 and June 3rd, 2022. The study includes 193,346 SARS-CoV-2 infections reported between March 11th 2020 and June 3rd, 2022. So the researchers looked at the data and what they found is quite disturbing. Here's what they found. The Pfizer vaccine, basically, to put this into simple terms, induces complex functional reprogramming of innate immune responses. Other studies have confirmed that as well. In other words, when you get the vaccine, it reprograms your immune system. Or as some have said, it destroys your immune system. 
Now, remember, we were told that natural immunity is not a thing. You got to get your vaccine. Well, here is Michelle Walensky of the CDC telling you that's not true. Yeah, so I think, first of all, let me just say, I am here getting my updated fall vaccine because I think it's critically important to do. As you know, we are in a very different place than we were last year or even two years ago um, at this time. There's a lot of immunity out there because people have been vaccinated and have been previously infected. Did you hear it? Should I rewind it? Did you hear it? People have been vaccinated and have been previously infected. So natural immunity is a thing again. Wow. It's crazy how that just changes every day. Science is so incredible. So New England Journal of Medicine finds, based on the analysis of hundreds of thousands of kids, if you get the vaccine, it's going to basically erase your ability to, and this is official health, medicine, virology, immunology, etc. It's going to erase your immune system. And they know that the vaccine wanes. That's why you get all these boosters, right? Another study showed that it induces complex functional reprogramming of innate immune responses. So it's doing a lot of things. Lowering sperm concentrations, extending cycle length for menstruation for women. Some women are bleeding more, some women are bleeding less. And it's also attacking the placenta. We also know that it's causing people to suffer from Bell's palsy. We played you the clip of that. You saw Justin Bieber. You see dozens and dozens and dozens of athletes and celebrities and very famous people, very, very famous people in some cases, just dropping, passing out, falling over. When you're seeing this on live TV, on sporting surfaces like soccer fields, football fields, basketball courts, etc., when you're seeing celebrities, Celebrities you know, celebrities you don't know. It's very widespread. Now, none of those people you saw get sick from a particle that's invisible like CO2. You are watching people who have received a physical thing that you can see, taste, touch, smell, and hear that you've been forced to receive because it's a condition of employment, although it doesn't do anything. And that is the bioweapon, if you will, that is causing these problems. Again, sperm reduction, menstrual cycle length, increased or decreased bleeding, and the assault on the placenta. None of this is debatable. Scientists, though, say all of these things are caused by the virus, not the vaccine. And they only were caused by the virus after the vaccine came out. Now, let me make this very clear. I am not a person who believes that the vaccine is causing every health problem. That's absurd. That's like saying the virus is causing every health problem. Personally, I don't think a virus is causing people to become sick. I think people are sick because of stress, anxiety, worry, fear, terror, etc. All the things that went along with watching 24-hour-a-day news coverage of cycle counts from PCR tests that are testing positive. And even if you're negative, you're actually positive. And even if you're positive, it's actually more positive than just regular positive. And look at all the case counts. Look at all the death counts. That'll make you sick. If not in mind and body. I think people are sick because of the obsessive compulsive consumption of processed foods and increases in artificial processed um, uh, products which is virtually everything we consume now, salt, fat, sugar, etc., highly processed, highly refined. That's why people are sick. Smoking cigarettes, 
vaping, drinking excessive amounts of alcohol. That's why people are sick. That's why people don't feel good. It's not because of an invisible particle. I don't buy that. But see, here's the thing. Those particles exist. And some people say there's no such thing as a virus. It doesn't exist. Well, there's a particle. They're, they're looking at it. So it's either an excretion from a cell from your body, which is how your body detoxes. That's why you have pores. That's why you have coughing. That's why you have sneezing. Your body's trying to get rid of foreign substances, which is why you'll get sick after you inject yourself with poison because your body is reacting to the freaking poison. Pretty simple to understand. Should be medical class, doctor class 101. So then you have, and I think, my opinion, I think you have to consider that most of the people that are getting sick today are not getting sick from a virus, but they're also not getting sick from a vaccine. However, that doesn't mean people aren't getting sick from the vaccine. People are getting sick from the vaccine. We can visibly see them get sick from the vaccine. We can visibly see them lose their baby, develop paralysis of the face or the rest of the body, get really, really ill. We can see that as a direct consequence of the vaccine. But all this vagary, all this ambiguousness, oh, I might have come into contact with someone who brushed into somebody who might have tested positive one time with a PCR test that's run at 45 cycles. Should be run at 32 cycles. Even the inventor of the test said that it doesn't determine whether or not you are sick. It just determines if you have certain genetic material in your body. Obviously, people say, well, that means that the virus is there if they found the genetic material. Well, how do they know where the genetic material of the virus is in the body? Did they ever isolate it? They took samples of lung fluid and then said, there's the virus. But they created the genetic sequence on a computer program and it filled in the blanks with other made up viruses. When I say made up viruses, there are particles. People get sick. Are they getting sick from the particle or something else? The particle is more often than not an excretion from the body. Or, for example, one study that the CDC conducted, this is something that you have to really truly read to believe. I, I, I wouldn't trust what I'm saying. You need to read it. They, they found that the so-called SARS-CoV-2 virus will cause tissue to deteriorate and it makes the tissue sick. But here's the problem. They had to basically poison the tissue to make it deteriorate. In other words, when the CDC conducted this particular study, they, quote, examined the capacity of SARS-CoV-2 to infect and replicate in several common primate and human cell lines, including human endinocarcinoma cells, human liver cells, and human embryonic kidney cells. What they found was that the human cells were not infected. The only effect that the solution that they said the virus was in had was on monkey kidney cells. And the only reason it had an effect on the monkey kidney cells was because they added two different drugs that are toxic to the kidneys. That's why the material deteriorated. So they can expose humans to it. They're not doing that. They, they could expose animals to it, but they don't have the reproductive toxicity studies for animals because they haven't done them officially. So they look at tissue samples. And they take the tissue sample out of its natural environment. They poison it with these different types of drugs. 
They freeze dry it. They deprive it of nutrients. They dye it. And then they look at it under a microscope and they're like, okay, what do we got there? Oh, look, there's death. There's cellular death. Oh, it's the virus. A couple of things. They poisoned it. They took it out of its natural environment, deprived it of nutrients. They dried it, freeze dried it. They dyed it, except they just, this whole process, that's how they can prove it causes disease when it doesn't cause disease. It's the process that gets you to looking at it under the microscope, not to mention the fact that they didn't even use, the CDC didn't even use a solution of SARS-CoV-2, which should just be the virus. They used a solution of all kinds of other things because they've never isolated the virus You should be able to take the material, isolate the virus, and then reintroduce that specific thing into the body and see if it makes people sick. They've yet to do that with COVID-19 as of today, October 1st, 2022. Here's something else that's interesting. Let me play this from the inventor of the PCR test. If they could find this virus in you at all, and with PCR, if you do it well, you can find almost anything in anybody. It starts making you believe in the sort of Buddhist notion that everything is contained in everything else, right? I mean, because if you can mo- amplify one single molecule up to, a, to something that you can really measure, which PCR can do, then there's just very few molecules that you don't have at least one single one of them in your body okay so that could be thought of as a misuse of it just to to claim that it's meaningful those tests are all based on things that are invisible and they are the results are inferred in a sense pcr is separate from that it's just a process that's used to make a whole lot of something out of something that's what it is um, it's, it's not it doesn't tell you that you're sick and it doesn't tell you that the thing you ended up with really was gonna hurt you or anything like that So that's the inventor of the test. Now, there's some confusion about Kerry Mollis because a German virologist, Christian Drosten, director of the Chartit Institute of Virology in Berlin, became a national star. I'm not sure if I pronounced that first part right. After the pandemic began, and he became a star because he developed the COVID testing protocol for the PCR test. Somebody recently told me, Carrie Mollis didn't invent the test. Dr. Christian invented the test. No, Uh, Christian invented the protocol for the test. And he did it without having a sample of the virus. So how that's possible, just like those lollipop commercials, the world may never know. But it gets more interesting because... Drosten published some studies, and he's worked with somebody named Victor Corman. Uh, Victor Corman and him published a, a paper, Detection of 2019 Novel Coronavirus by Real-Time PCR. It was published in Eurosurveillance. This became known as the Corman-Drosten paper. This paper supposedly documented the isolation of the virus. The problem is... 22 international scientists and independent researchers from Europe, the U.S., and Japan challenged their research. They said, and this is the headline, external peer review of the PCR or the RT-PCR test to detect SARS-CoV-2 reveals 10 major flaws at the molecular and uh, methodological level, consequences for false positive results. And then they list the false positive results. You also find that Drosten 
has investments, get this, in a company that makes the test. Huh. Olfert Lant, you might remember that name, Olfer Lant. Olfer Lant is a co-author of some of the Drosten studies. So here's how it works. Drosten writes the studies. They're fraudulent. They've never isolated the virus. They've never looked at it to develop their PCR protocol. And then Olfert Lant, co-author of many of these studies, owns the company TIB Mobile Syntha Salaber GmbH in Berlin that makes the tests that Drosten and his colleagues come up with to test for the virus that they never had in the first place to come up with the tests. It's a scam. It's been a scam from the beginning. And unless we understand this, we're going to continue to be duped over and over and over again. You want some more information on those tests? Where here, here's a couple pieces of information. Half the people admitted to New York City hospitals during the so-called pandemic were admitted for completely different reasons. They weren't admitted because they had COVID-19. They were admitted because of a variety of different reasons. Something else that's interesting is the New York Times even reported that because of cycle counts, they should be running these PCR tests at 32, 33 cycles. Dr. Fauci said 33 or more, and it's useless. They're running some of these tests in New York at 40 to 45, some at 50 cycles. Therefore, even the New York Times had to conclude early in the pandemic, 80% of the positive cases were probably negative. Tens of thousands of glitches on a computer screen for case counts. The same person testing positive twice in a week. That's two different cases, although it's the same person. That's how you manufacture statistics. Obviously, people are sick. Obviously, people are dying. But are they dying from the virus or are they dying from something else? Maybe they're just dying with the virus. And likewise, some people aren't dying of the vaccine. But when you're not sick and you test positive and you have to do all these draconian things because you've tested positive but you're not sick, a little different than when you get a vaccine and then your face goes paralyzed. There's a direct correlation there. I want to share one other thing with you. I've told you this before. When the approved vaccine came out, remember Comirnaty? Comirnaty was the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. The biological license application, the BLA, says that for this approved vaccine to be put on the market, you have to have the label Comirnaty, C-O-M-I-R-N-A-T-Y. The BLA for um, Moderna is Spike Vax. So unless the label reads Comirnaty or Spike Vax, it's not an approved vaccine. So here's the trick. A biological license application is the legal application to get the approval for the vaccine. Otherwise, it's only authorized under EUA, Emergency Use Authorization. Now, an EUA is approved. The FDA issues, approves an emergency use authorization, but that's not the approved vaccine. So remember all these businesses were waiting around for their employees to get the vaccine, and a lot of them said, I'm not going to do it. You can't legally make us do that. And then when it became approved, they're like, look, it's approved now. You have to go get it. But then we found out that you can't get the approved vaccine yet. They only have the BNT shot from Pfizer at most places. So I went around to some pharmacies again just this last week here in Tucson, 
And I was able to keep one of the boxes from the bivalent booster shot, which on the back of it reads as such, for use under emergency use authorization. They had no other shots. They only had bivalent at the CVS. So I went to the Walgreens. And this is the interaction with the woman at the Walgreens. I recorded it. She has the original Pfizer shot, but it's emergency use authorization. She doesn't have comernity. Take a listen to this interaction. Or that would carry anything other than this. Well, that's, I mean, that's what I'm finding. I can't, yeah, like, I've been no. to so many pharmacies and nobody seems to have it. No, that, I mean, I don't know what they're thinking commodity is, but that's the name that they gave this vaccine. Right, but that box, but again, that box doesn't say it. That's the issue I'm running into. The box has to say it for it yeah. to be legally binding. Yeah. So because te- technically, well, you showed me there on the back, yeah, it says it's emergency yeah, use. Yeah. Right, so it's, it's not approved it's not then. It's not an approved, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so my issue is for myself and then I have friends, too, like they're coming to pharmacies well, I mean, and they're, they're getting gonna, injected with this, but it's not approved. Right. It is approved. But I mean, well, that one's is, not approved, though. Right. But I'm just telling you that they're using what they can. They're not going to get rid of a bunch of vaccinations. Um, well, there's that's already packaged like this. Well, well, so I know from Pfizer's point of view, that's a lot of money they would lose, although yeah. it's subsidized by taxpayer dollars. Yeah. But legally, they have to get rid of them because once an approved is on the market, they can't be giving out emergency use authorizations. That I cannot. I mean, you have to call by Pfizer themselves and contact the manufacturer oh. well, about that. Well, about well, we're just discussing. I'm aware yeah. of that. I'm just yeah. trying to come in to find if you guys have yeah. it, which you clearly don't. Yeah, so but that's but that's not approved. Because it yeah. says EUA. So, yeah, so this is the only thing that we carry. Has anybody else ever come in to ask that? or? No. No. <laughs> have they Have yeah. they given you guys like the BLA or shown you any of this stuff? This is all we've ever gotten. They just send you the boxes of those? Yeah. Oh, that's seriously deceptive. But Yeah, so this is what we have. I, I can't, unfortunately, I can't help you other than this. Oh, yeah. No, no, I know. I just, as long as I have a picture yeah. as proof, yeah. Yeah, you can just let them know that's what so this is at a Walgreens, super deceptive, and it's not even the pharmacist's fault per se, although they should maybe investigate what they're doing, uh, learn a little bit more about the job and what's legal and what's not legal. But these companies aren't going to pull these vaccines they already manufactured off the market. So they just tell the pharmacist, no, they're approved. Did you hear? Her? It's approved. I said, but you just told me it's emergency use authorization. Yeah, well, that's the approved one. No, it's not. It's the emergency use authorization one. I had another guy at CVS tell me that's just semantics. That's just, and I, but but that, isn't that what legalities are all about? It's just semantics, word use. If you have an approved vaccine, that's what people should be getting rather than the EUA. And the approved vaccine should override the EUA and those should be pulled off the market. Now, here's the kicker. I went to a Safeway grocery store and I actually found, believe it or not, I found Comernity. Finally, I found Comernity. The only problem is, after I found it, the guy told me he couldn't give it out because it was expired. So he has the comernity. He just cannot give it out because it's expired. And he had a whole case of them. So in other words, they have the EUA. They have the emergency use authorization. But they can't give the actual quote-unquote approved vaccine comernity out when they do have it. I finally found a place that had it. Because it's expired. Why would they? So they've had these other vaccines longer than the approved one. And then when they get the approved one, it's immediately expired and they can't give it out. How does that make any sense? 
That doesn't make any sense, of course. It's all a big mind game. Every aspect of it, testing, case counts, vaccines. We know that it causes spontaneous abortions from the studies. We know that it causes stillbirth. We know it causes menstrual cycle irregularities. It causes sperm count reduction. We know that it attacks the placenta. These are all mainline studies. We know from the NIH. We know from the CDC. But then they try to cover it up and say, no, it's the virus doing all those things. No, it's not the virus doing all those things. It's the vaccine doing all those things. The sudden death of adults and babies, children, not normal. Myocarditis for children, not normal. But again, that doesn't mean every single condition is a result of the vaccine. And we need to bring balance to this conversation because if you say everything's the vaccine, what you're doing is you sound just like the morons who wear a mask in their car and say every single interaction is a potential death sentence. The virus is everywhere. I could die at any moment. Every cough, sniffle, everything is a result of COVID-19. I mean, I I have COVID-19 symptoms every time I go to the gym. My legs are sore. My arms are sore. That's one of the symptoms of COVID-19. I have symptoms all the time. So go get a test, which doesn't test for the virus. It tests for associated antibodies. That's all that it tests for, which could mean anything. They don't have a genetic sequence of the virus because they haven't actually sequenced it. It's all computer modeling, just like with climate issues. And we need to understand that. We need to recognize that because that Rockefeller document I quoted earlier, in order to protect themselves from the spread of increasingly global problems, from pandemics and transnational terrorism to environmental crisis and rising poverty, leaders around the world took a firmer grip on power. Scenarios for the future of technology and international development. This is what we are facing. We bought the pandemic narrative. Now here comes the green narrative. And they're going to use it in the same exact way. An invisible particle, something you can't see. We need to be good to our neighbors and to our friends and our family by not seeing them, not traveling, not visiting them, not talking to them, not having children, etc. Because that's the only way we can save the world. It's almost like they're offering infertility or they're offering the menstrual blood of women as a sacrifice to something, to a god or to a devil. You know, it's almost like spirit cooking or the cake of light sacrament of Aleister Crowley or Marina Abramovic. You use the blood, the life force, the semen, the life seed, and the breast milk, which is the nurturing substance, to feed those spirits. In this case, we're cutting off the breast milk, we're cutting off the semen, we're cutting off the blood, or we're offering the menstrual blood as a sacrifice in placement of the lack of children being born or the termination of those pregnancies in the womb. For lack of a better word, it sounds quite like child sacrifice. And since these are mostly eugenicists who are promoting and pushing these narratives, I don't think it's much of a stretch to suggest that, well, eugenics and genocide and Planned Parenthood and fertility regulating vaccines of the World Health Organization back in the 90s, they're all intimately, ancestrally connected. And on one level, it's terrifying. On another level, it's almost funny how absurd it is. On another level, it's really scary and sad. And on another another level, it's darkly, darkly 
occult. But occult means hidden. And when we bring this information to the light of day, to the light of you as an audience, when I do this, I try to do my best. I really do. When we expose it, hopefully it retreats and we can gain ground in the fight for humanity and the human soul. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please subscribe to the archive. Please grab a copy of one of my books. Please support what we do. And we'll be here five nights a week, Monday through Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in. October 3rd, 2022. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast.